0: Julie, are you ready? Is today the day? Today is the day. You're going to let everybody know about something. Yes,
1: yes. But are we letting them know now, or is it story? No, fun? this is
0: this is the cold open. You just talk oh, about okay. other things. To Wait, what's the okay, like We
1: have big, we have big news coming.
0: We do have big news, <laughs> just not, yet. not um, yet. It is. In case you're <laughs> wondering, as we record, it is 1:22 a.m. Nepal time. I've converted my watch because this is the last thing I'm doing before I head out of the country for my little jaunt. It, when,
1: so when do you actually leave?
0: F- I have to be at the airport at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. Okay. And then I arrive, that's Friday morning. And then I arrive in Kathmandu at five o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Wild. It's going to be a blast. Have you ever
1: had a flight a this long?
0: No. And again, the introvert in me is kind of looking forward to it. Um, so I I got the, you know, the seat that folds down and like, I think they give you pajamas. So I'm just gonna, you know, podcast it up and, and yeah. write. Some stuff. Oh, I
2: can't wait to see the words that come out during your seclusion time in air.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be fantastic. So f- for those of you who don't know why I'm doing this, it's kind of like my version of um, a Builder 20 group. It's like, I, I'm. We've been doing this nonprofit work in Guatemala for a long time, and we know how we do it, but we don't know how other people do it, and whether it's done well or right. And so, it's an opportunity to go to someplace that's I've never been, but also just see kind of like all the pre-prep because we started taking other people down with us uh, this year as well. It's not just the Oakley family going to to do that. So, like, how do we prep people, and how do we get it all ready? So, it's like going to visit a builder friend, but they're just in. Uh, a time zone that's eleven hours and fifteen minutes ahead. That's all.
1: Awesome! It's exciting. Casual.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at do Let's hear Julie's big news. Welcome to episode 293. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today is Beth Russell and Julie Jarnigan. And this story time is brought to you by words in the form of sentences, paragraphs, and chapters as written by Julie Jarnigan. Tell everyone... What's so happening?
1: If they're watching on video. <gasps>
0: uh,
2: Look at hey, how I written the
1: book. This yes. is where everyone Wait, I don't oh, I can't. Oh, I'm on. sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you soon. I'll send you soon. So you got a cover preview if you had video. But um I've been working on something for a while now. It's building certainty. It's um content marketing for home builders, a book I've been working on. Kevin wrote the foreword for me, and I'm just <laughs> excited to get it out into the world now so it's been that little side project i've been just kind of working on here and there and it's finally done carla helped me with the illustrations and the covers and all kinds of exciting things so i'm just i'm i'm ready for it to be out into the world yeah
0: this now. is um the idea started in 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh, i we did an event if you remember it was you know the height of of COVID, and so even though i was high risk i got in a plane went to tulsa and we had an online only event i think we had almost mm-hmm. 600 no i don't even remember the number i hope i'm going to to go lot. back there was I a lot like, i feel like it was almost 750 um, people attended uh, it was an online only event 2 days of live streaming it was it was wild um but we talked to, we had a section there about content marketing specifically and how to think about it strategically and with your team and everything else. And it's like, Julie, come on, you're, you're a writer. Like this seems like something that you could absolutely, absolutely do. And she's like, yeah, I, I think so. She goes, goes away for a little bit, comes back and she's like, here it is. Like, didn't, I think you sent me one rough draft in a word doc.
1: I think I sent you an outline. I I sent you an outline, and then I just slowly worked on it. Didn't talk about it much, and then finally just got it done. So you know, one of those projects you say you're going to do it just takes a while to carve out enough time to get it done. But I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a good tool um, for marketers to use because it just has everything organized into one place about like why we need content marketing, what kind of formats. Um, where you can distribute it, um, how to put the process together, how to evaluate if it worked. So it's just all kind of organized into one place so that you can get it in a structured way. And I think also hopefully it'll be a good tool to hand off to, you know, new team members or people coming in um, so that they can get up and running. So, yeah.
0: And you're also are working on some uh, slide presentation stuff for people who might want small group presentations or um, additional training. You got some other things I don't think we probably want to talk about yet, but, okay. <laughs> uh, and she has uh, the building certainty Instagram profile that she's been putting content on and we'll be um, trickling that out over as well on the do you convert channel here very soon. But yeah, this is, this is a perfect topic uh, for at any time, but particularly now where we're seeing this ramp up of spend. I had four builders over the past week who reached out and basically said to us, there is no such thing as a budget, spend whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, the home builder data set, um, aggregated data set from around the country is showing paid traffic just taking off like a rocket almost exactly in July, uh, the beginning of July with no sign of slowing. We're actually almost back up to all time traffic levels from earlier this year. That's not supposed to happen in July, but it's this it's this dichotomy. And we might have a couple of news stories this week to uh, to talk about it. Of if you're a if you're a Dr. Horton LGI um, kind of, we've said this many times on the program f- sub 450 in most markets or in California sub like 800 900 like you're doing just fine because there's not enough inventory and and people want a home. Uh, and, and that's more affordable on that in the range of anything else, but a lot of other builders are starting to, you know, they're selling out of inventory. They might not want to build more spec homes. It's hard to convince people to want to do a pre sale without much clarity of where things are going. So it's, um, I, like if everyone's going to just start opening up their checkbook again, and you can't, or can't compete with the checkbook of a Pulte, a Meritage, Lennar, uh, DR, et cetera then you better be able to lean into your content strategy to outmaneuver. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great, great And I've talked about
1: before, I mean, what we've seen through all these different markets over the last few years is that the um, companies that can pivot easily as things are changing dramatically are ones who already have that content in the content bank and they're ready then to move the strategy because they already have a lot of that content. They have a lot of, Trust already built up from their home buyers, from already them getting all this different forms of content distributed in different ways. So I just think um, really the gift you're giving yourself is the flexibility to move quickly if you're constantly working on these things.
2: Yeah, this topic has been come up a lot this past week because a lot of builders are just not sure where to go right now in the market. And a lot of the marketers are kind of like, okay, I've already turned up the dial on things. We're increasing budget here, here, and here. But what else do I need to be doing because I'm getting this traffic, but it's not necessarily converting? And I think a lot of ways we've talked about this before, where people have been forgetting the other side of the coin and the other the other layers of marketing that we have to consider and we have to remain strong at and um, stay educated on and of, of what's working, what's not, and keep in our back pocket. And um, you guys have heard me say this this week already a few times, but the idea of the best marketers live in balance on the center. Of the seesaw and how they know when to lean left and when to lean right and they're able to do so quickly so the seesaw being the side of paid and advertising you know all that kind of stuff and then the other side of the content and the heartstrings and the messaging and the personalization and they can just balance right there and pivot as needed leaning and staying afloat while everyone else is just flat on the ground
0: yeah well there's balance and there's a understanding the sense of momentum too, is how I, it feels to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, you know, when you work with so many different folks as we do, you can go through a couple of weeks or a month and you're like, no one's mentioned this topic at all. And almost by definition, it's like when everyone's talking about Bitcoin, you probably don't want to be buying Bitcoin. It's like everyone's, no one's talking like email is the thing that people just love to not talk about. Can we not talk? No, no. Mm -hmm. Kevin, please don't. Bring that up because that's an that's hard and annoying, and packing all that stuff together and having to get it proofed by four people and then having them say never mind, change the direction and then you send it out and the data says only, you know, twenty percent of your audience opened it and it's just all very disheartening and seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But there are people then who lean into that when when it's not being done, and see a lift. By the way, this is um, uh, just a trip down memory lane again for those of you on video. This is what this is what our 2020 uh, summit was because we couldn't get him go in person. So we had it was 350 people on a on on Zoom basically for two days. And this was Mike and I in a warehouse in Tulsa uh, interviewing different speakers that we had. uh, It was
2: so well put together, though. It was also my first thing back from maternity leave. So I had like a baby on the side. I think I oh, held wow. him up at one point like Simba. Oh yeah, you ankles. did. you were <laughs> like,
0: "Look, look who's in in attendance with me." I do remember that. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, that that balancing is really um it's it's tough and that's where if you aren't on calls with us, you're not looking at, at data, you might say, "Well, yeah, that's not a new story of having high volumes of traffic and not getting the lead volume you want." But we're not talking about low quality traffic. We're not talking about running you know, enter to win campaigns, or
2: uh-huh. uh, just
0: kidding. That's not the price you thought it was. Uh, trickery. These. This is you know high intent, high quality traffic that still is looking and absorbing all the content. Um, they're just not taking that next step forward. Um. Okay I think we both we did two kinds of story times. did we do both your is that your story? Yeah we
2: just we both okay. kind of just like went into it, which is wonderful that, all, was that was good
0: that was that was some really like painless uh, segue stuff there <laughs> so I'll do a hard write and say my story time is that last night I my 10 year old Hayden he gets a little bit nervous whenever I travel before I leave and so he's like, dad, I just want to go drive somewhere in the car with you and he likes all my kids love the concept of a road trip the concept of a road trip. They don't actually, once it's full bore they're like, ah! But they, there's nothing better than getting a bag of snacks and a water bottle and a blanket and a pillow and climbing in the car when it's dark. Mm-hmm. Even if like, if I take the kids to school and it's early enough, they're like, dad, it feels like we're going to vacation, not school. Because we just always <laughs> leave you know, at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as I'm backing up out of the driveway, I almost hit this kid on a Segway and I I thought it was um, my my oldest daughter's boyfriend's friend yeah I mean Beth's been there so she's like why, there's, why is there there's a no one there on this segue in my neighbor in my, my neighborhood of, of three houses um and I waved to him because I thought maybe I was supposed to know him and he waved back and then Mason flagged me and I was like this guy wants to talk to mom I'm like well good because I'm I'm not at like it's I, I knew immediately what it was it was a guy selling um, insect treatment like the, they come to your house quarterly or bi-monthly mm-hmm. and get all the insects away
2: all those services we've had,
0: we've had all of them and they're all terrible and all they do is go to home depot or lowe's and buy stuff and come to your house and use it and charge you ridiculous amounts of money so i actually this tells you how nice of a guy i really am i one of our th- uh, garage doors was open mason runs in to go find melanie He's still outside in the driveway. I'm pulling away to leave. And I just shut all the garage doors. Cause I'm like, this is, you don't have to come out. You don't, there's nothing that says you have to go talk to him, Melanie. We leave for 45 minutes. We go walk some product um, because my, all my kids love to go walk homes in our construction and talk about what they would do different if they weren't the builder. We go to the grocery store, come back 45 minutes later. And Mason, my eight year old runs back out to greet us and says, hey, that guy's still here. And mom wants you to talk to him. And I was like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to talk to him. How is he still here? Is my first thing. Like, this is so I I, we walk out back, and my eight-year-old, my 13-year-old daughter, my wife are all hanging out with this kid from San Diego who's here to sell pest control. And it's, I think it was now 9 45 at night. And he's like, Hey, boss, and doing his sales thing for me. And I'm just like, look she's your customer i just think this is nature like the whole world is outside i tell Melanie, you, know, you can't put a bubble around you know seven acres and say no insects that's not going to work like there will always be so i just go hey if, if she's happy just so you know you're signing up a psychopath she will call you and text you every other day if there's any type of insect crawling on her house he's <laughs> like no, no no i like I, i'm all in it and he reiterates multiple times if you are ever not happy i'm your guy because if, if you don't stick as a customer I don't make money and I don't get food Like sad story, but like you can call me text me I will do whatever I need to to make it right. And then I talked to our builders again today, some of our builders and then, now, let me just say, first of all, this isn't necessarily true or fair from a lot of the marketers and this is why marketing and sales does have to communicate well and be on the same page is there's this kind of growing sense that you can have frustration from marketers of look the traffic volume's there the lead volume's there even the appointment volume is there but then we ask the sales team who's had 150 appointments last month what are the common objections or what are the things hurdles that you can't overcome and they're coming back with a whole big nothing just no, well, there, there, there is no objection. They're just not moving forward. That's, And then I think about this guy and the fact that he closed my wife on eight insect treatments of way too much money each and the promise of a great experience and mm-hmm. didn't leave until that was done. Like my wife is like, are they going to pick you up or do you have to ride your Segway somewhere like to get home? He's like, oh no, I'll text them. They'll come get me. But this, this idea of salespeople not finding the no or not getting to the no or the mm-hmm. objection is critical. So then we spent a little bit of time with a couple builders talking about potential ways to do market research of if you have the leads, you have the appointments, and especially if you've got a list of people who have priced out but not moved forward, it can be done internally. It can be done with an outside partner. Someone needs to just do some research with this audience of people you know and who know you about what's going on. Now, you might also be thinking, but we already know what all the objections are. It's too expensive. <laughs> we don't know what the payment's gonna be. Uh, it's higher than we thought. So maybe, maybe you would say you don't know, but someone's gotta say, here's the objections that we're gonna tackle head on.
2: There has to be feedback somewhere, and then you can't improve on your sales approach or on
0: your marketing approach if you don't have that feedback. But that's a nicer, simpler way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, I, and I'm no, I, and I'm I really love that because it got to the point at Heartland where our rule was without feedback, and the minimal amount of feedback possible was contact full contact information in the CRM for every prospect mm-hmm. and notes. If there isn't feedback then marketing can't continue to focus on helping you specifically as an individual community or sales rep we can still try to help the company but if there is no feedback and there is no data then there's nothing else for us to do
2: yeah there's there seems to be i'm having a similar trend but it's it's a different type of misalignment but it's this trend that is relayed to sales and marketing misalignment and it's this expectation that sales is saying hey this is working for us, you should bring it forward and do it on the marketing side. And it's that misunderstanding of like, no, it's working because it's working at that point of the funnel. If we brought it up to the marketing side, it wouldn't work the same. We're giving you mm. the people so that you can use this tool to keep pushing them further down the funnel. And it's important yeah. to like have that alignment on both ends of like, we need the feedback so that we can approach like make the right marketing material and and do use the right marketing message and get them into the funnel so that you can use your tricks and your skills to overcome the objections with these other tools that you have and push them even further down the funnel. I feel
1: like also sometimes we're forgetting to look at people as individuals because we feel like we have a good grasp of what's happening in the market. Well, they're not buying because interest rates are high and they're coming out because there's no inventory, you know, we were joking mm-hmm. about a lot of our articles being on the same topics because yeah, like we got it. We know what's going on in the market, but just because we have that understanding of the bigger level, that doesn't mean we don't need to drill in individually in why people aren't moving or what their situation is mm-hmm. or digging down deeper in that. So yes, that's the overall market situation, but what's the situation with Mr. And Mrs. Smith who came out last weekend.
0: Yeah, and that's the other, I would say that's the other half of being prepared. On the one hand, like this, this guy who came, he came from our old neighborhood, which was half a mile down the road, an actual real neighborhood. And he had all these names of neighbors who lived around where we used to live, who had already signed up. I'm like Melanie, he can just go on the tax website and pull up people's names. Like you have no idea if he really did that or not, but he was prepared. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And he wasn't, you have to be prepared in the macro sense of understanding the narratives and the likely objections and all that stuff, but how you have to be prepared to the personal situation as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, now more than ever too, because it's like going back to the whole promotion thing of like just pushing out new promotions left and right and left and right. It's it's getting tired and people now just expect that. You have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to I, I gave this advice to a couple of people recently of like, take the time to intimately know who your customer is because it'll make you a better marketer. It'll make you like put your buyer goggles on, see what their personal experience is so that you can cater to them, whether it be through content or through messaging yeah. or through any other medium that you're looking to utilize.
0: Cause there really is logical Ways to talk through everything, but you have to know or have a sense, and this is where expertise does come in expertise and experience does does play a role. Of will will this line of thinking that i'm walking the customer down with emotion and story and all the rest is that going to resonate because you don't want to just dump. Again, but like if someone said, well, I'm just worried about, you know, I hear that there's not a lot of houses for sale or there's not a lot of homes for sale in my neighborhood. And maybe that's because I'm not going to get the value that I should out of it or that homes aren't selling uh, because I read something that said volume is down, Um, which is an aside thing. Try to remind me where we are. If you see any story about the housing market, you have to ask a couple questions. Are they talking about used homes or new homes? Or both, because those are like three different ways to be talking about the market. You'll hear someone say that um, the housing market is in recession because volumes are down. And so, yes, uh, people whose livelihood is dependent upon making a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars for every transaction. And we used to have a whole high volume of homes and, and now that volume is way down. That is a recessionary for them from the consumer standpoint all they care about is is my house worth more or less and so they hear the word recession like oh yeah house prices went down 0.3% in one month and then they went back up <laughs> like so you have to whenever you're it, it, you you have to help help customers think through that of if you've seen this thing or they bring up like yeah this is this can be really confusing because the headline might have nothing to do with new construction at all mm-hmm but they, f- they feel that way. Okay, so here, like if someone said, I, I just don't know if my home's gonna sell because or sell quickly, then, you know, we just, someone did the math here of basically still right now, uh, 11,397 homes are sold every day in the United States, an average of eight every minute. So <laughs> in their post, they were like, so if someone wants to argue with you for 10 minutes about how the housing market's terrible, like 80 homes were just sold. While yeah. you were arguing about that, yeah. like
2: one of my builders today just told me they had their best month in June. Yeah, that's, a,
0: and and anytime you have that momentum, then you have to keep leaning into it by telling everyone else that you just had your best month ever. Because mm-hmm. even if that's just like psychological warfare with the comp- competing home builders, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I remember 08 very vividly of salespeople were constantly talking to salespeople in other neighborhoods. And so we'd be doing competitive analysis and we'd be like counting because you know, we didn't have Metro study or anything. And, and we'd be like, yeah, so they haven't started a house in seven months. And the sales rep people were like, I don't know, but like, I talked to that sales rep over there every, every week and they always, they, they sell two a week. Like, well, that's interesting because I haven't started anything in like forever. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they're just messing with you. Like it, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Anyway. Somebody needs to go hire that um guy, that salesman.
0: I know. Who needs, well who i like him
1: salesperson.
0: <laughs> he grew up in Georgia hey. and then had been living in San Diego and had just moved to Ohio for this job. And I was like, are there is this is there a whole industry I don't know about where people just go to like other cities and just go to like the tourist sections where people are trying to sell you something you don't need? And they're like, Hey, Uh, pal, you're really good. You should come sell pest control in Delaware County, Ohio. (laughs) Is that a, apparently so, apparently so. And he, he's probably making great money, but yeah, yeah, the, I think, I think the most important takeaway from all of that, um, conversation is feedback. And right now, for some reason, it seems like sales teams are given the okay to be like feedback is no one's buying like, that's not feedback. That's that's just, I could tell that from the lack of contracts sitting there to be ratified that no one's buying. That's blind.
2: just facts.
0: <laughs> I need to know why.
2: Yeah.
0: Or else I can't help you, or I can't <laughs> help you solve the problem we don't know is happening. Yeah. All right, moving on to the news. I'm going to go in reverse order from our show notes here. Homes.com traffic is up 200%. Uh, this is from realestatenews.com. And the question is, could it become a top portal Zillow's site visits were also up but Zillow lost market share while homes.com and redfin made gains and realtor.com slumped I love I love um Julie do you do you pay close attention to the particular words that people choose like they could have just said realtor.com declined yes. but like slumped just means like uh yes nice. It's like, I it's like the that weekend at Bernie's guy. It's kind of alive, but just because other people are moving his arms.
1: Well, and even I the headline, the
0: movie, by the way.
1: even the headline made me laugh. Homes.com traffic up 200%. Could it become a top portal? So you think like, it's like, <clears throat> I mean, 200% is a lot for them, but
2: they're still way down there compared yeah. to the Yeah. Do you- <laughs> it's like, who paid you to write this article?
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I might have talked to someone else um, from somewhere else and they kind of were just like i mean yeah if you got a small number it's easy to grow 200 <laughs> and i mm-hmm. i reminded me of um rally's uh burgers i don't know if it was just where i lived but they had all these commercials about america's fastest growing burger chain mm-hmm. and then suddenly they went out of business like i was just old enough to drive i think i would got my license are they not out of business? Where are you where Isn't are you it
2: for? Checkers? Isn't it the same as Checkers? They're the
0: same. Checkers and Rally's, same company, yeah. Yeah,
2: isn't it but, it but Rally's exists? is no
0: more. Rally, it was called Rally's in Ohio. And my whole childhood, I saw those ads, and it was America's fastest growing burger chain. And then I got my license, and I was gonna go drive to the Rally's that I had seen from my bus my whole life on the other side of town to try this hamburger. And they're out of business. <laughs> turns out that you can be America's fastest-growing burger chain when you only have 10 locations and you go to 20, mm-hmm.
2: right? I mean, they weren't wrong.
0: Yeah. They just so didn't see just the, it. Um, uh, Redfin is still holding steady, a third-place spot with 132 million visits in April, 142 million in May, and 142 million in June. Uh, CoStar's platform, what are we at now? Uh, 28. <laughs> it went from 28 million to 38 million. So they got a long ways to go. If you're still chasing Redfin yeah on its own, you got a, you got a long way to go.
2: Well I did Redfin, think it was the only incentive is that they have listings that they don't put anywhere else, right? So they have like that content that's like somewhat gated, if you will, or you can see before it goes elsewhere. Yeah I, I- go
0: ahead, Julie.
1: I did think it was interesting too that realtor.com was defending themselves by saying our focus is not on um the maximum uh traffic number but higher quality audience that's serious. So they were defending their Yeah, that's always been there, their like lower
0: numbers. <laughs> that's that's always been there. Everyone's just going to Zillow to see the value of their neighbor's house. Like okay, but why are they why are they thinking about that? You know, like why are they going to Zillow for visit. it? Well, they're going to Zillow because of the zestment and they did such a good job of cornering the market on that. But my point is just, why do you care? You care because of some something that is not always, but there's some connection there. Just like I go, I haven't talked about this in a while, but our On Your Lot division at Heartland was where we started a program that we ended up rolling out everywhere else was every On Your Lot customer, we threw a housewarming party for every single one. Because On Your Lot is such a unique thing that people, that one of the biggest challenges was, I can't picture myself going through this. It seems too hard, too complex, whatever. So every single time we would, we would say, hey, we're gonna throw you a party, 500 or $1,000 towards a cater. It just can't be used for alcohol. You can buy your own alcohol on top of that. You give us a list of people, we'll invite you if you if I invite them on your behalf. Like we'll make nice stationery. It won't have our logo on it. It'll just say you're invited to, we'll just turnkey party at your house after you move in. The only requirement was that one employee from the on-your-lot division would attend without business cards and without flyers. We were just there. And usually it was the salesperson who was also involved in the process because um, our on-your-lot division was sales and construction was managed by the same. Each each one could have like 20 up to 25 customers. And every single time we would get referral business from that of people who wanted to go out and price it because they were in that home and thought to themselves, oh. If the Oakleys can do this, I could do this. And and then we ended up rolling that out to the first three to four buyers in every neighborhood, brand new neighborhood, would do the same thing because again, it was this is a new neighborhood, new community, get that additional exposure. So like the 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 exposure to it through the estimate, even I mean, I what else is Realtors gonna do? Say we're 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 in last place, like we're yeah. <laughs> And they're still. I mean, the numbers are still big. So this isn't a don't don't talk to realtor at all if you're a builder. I'm just saying that when you look at the math, yeah. yeah. You know, what else are you gonna say? Um, CoStar CEO. So CoStar again is the number one commercial real estate portal. Um, they dominate the market there, but they're they're now in sixth place in the syndication wars. Uh, CoStar's CEO. Uh, the Florence I, I I got it there oh man flashlight alert um believes the portal can move to the number two spot by next spring so what is it I mean seven months you're gonna be number two now here's this is speculation time this people thought this was going to happen last year but oh, I remember so. um, homes.com parent company costar also owns apartments.com and uh, Jeff Goldblum was their big, I thought those commercials were terrible, but apparently they think they're awesome. Maybe consumers thought they were awesome. I just, do you guys ever, did you ever see any of those apartments, department.com ads and think this is I remember
2: amazing... those.
0: I, no, no. <laughs> I feel like they're memorable in the same way that head-on commercials were memorable because they were kind of just, it was so tacky and Jeff Goldblum trying to be like, interacting with all this fake CGI graphic stuff. I don't know. I yeah. just, I, but they firmly believe Jeff Goldblum is one of the reasons why they dominated rentals. And so the rumor has been like, who's going to be their homes.com spokesperson? And will they or won't they have a Super Bowl ad as their big announcement of here is Brad Pitt is going to, oh. you know, who whoever it's going to hmm. be to represent uh, homes.com.
2: They have to have some really smart, marketing behind that if they're going to compare with zillow though because zillow is more than just a platform zillow is a it it's a it's a media you know what i mean like they have whole instagram accounts dedicated to zillow that they don't even run themselves
0: yeah. right it's like zillow gone wild you're talking about
2: yeah like realtors oh. gone wild that no one wants to see that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah home's
2: gone wild I don't who, already uh, has let's, let's just
0: take another 15 seconds and think, who do you think would be a great spokesperson for homes.com?
2: They're going to get like Ryan Seahart or something like someone from like the big Bravo reality TV world or something.
0: So he has his own brokerage. So I don't, I don't know if that, I mean, I agree with you. I actually, um, I thought they were going to go with um, the Wrexham guy, uh, the Canadian who Ryan- does all the great
2: did you not know Ryan Reynolds off the top of your head?
0: Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I think that's who they go for.
2: Maximum effort. I mean, his, his marketing company, Maximum Effort does some really He good almost stuff. always
0: like he has an edginess to everything he does, like a candor that is raw, but also yes. like inappropriately funny. So I don't know if a brand like them could really make that work, but I feel like if you're going to be number like Avis, you know, one of the best marketing taglines of all time, at Avis, we try harder because we're number two. I butchered that. But we try harder was their tagline. Maybe maybe Ryan Reynolds could pull off that kind of typical Ryan style of humor. Of like, yeah,
2: it has to be Sorry bracing. we don't have
0: made-up numbers that don't actually reflect the value of your home. But at homes.com, we do have you know, Yeah. McDonalds like
1: McDonald's. I was going down the same line. I was thinking like Chris Pratt. But they, that may be the Jurassic Park connection going in my yeah, head. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> With Goldblum. No. that
1: may be yeah. why that one came up <gasps>
0: if it was a female who would it be
2: um, a comedian it, like um yeah but they uh, used um the girl from snl for something recently oh maybe that's why i'm thinking that see there's that yeah, that was realtor.com background.
0: right who used her
2: was it realtor.com see i, I don't thought. even know i know she was on a commercial K- but McKinnon. i can't tell you the brand is that her name kate, yeah McKenna. kate mckenna kate mckenna um kate McKenna.
0: Not I think sure. like it'd be a power, like Julia Roberts. I don't know. That was no, my it
2: guess. it would be like Blake Lively, like who was yeah, married to Ryan. Yeah, it's to be Ryan somebody Reynolds. younger and hipper. Yeah. Then daya because boomers have Anything all the money, and they're sells, boomers boomers
0: are buying all the all the higher end homes. So I feel like they gotta kind of bridge the gap. But you're probably right, younger. Okay, that was longer <laughs> than ten seconds.
2: Comment below and who you think?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. All right. From uh, applenews.com it's funny because becca um becca loves her apple news uh on our team when she ever like i think she found a hack or she's i don't use apple news so i'm I'm guessing you can tell it what you want to see um but from applenews.com which oh it's cbs there you go good job Mm -hmm. apple Uh, when will mortgage interest rates drop three factors influencing rates now i would just say like do we well, one, don't wait for this uh, or don't hold your breath because you will pass out most likely before this happens.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but also, if rates drop, I just have, ai don't know that it's going to be good for for builders.
2: Yeah, they and have the upper hand right now.
0: Yeah, like, and that's where, um, go ahead and tell your joke, uh, Julie. For the oh,
2: time, remember it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I was just saying that all we were our doing articles, our 30
0: seconds of show prep before we hit record. Yeah. And, and Julie said <laughs>
1: we were saying, here's our 10 minute episode. And it's that um rates are high inventory's low and good luck with that. Like that's yeah. what I feel like all of the articles in next week. Say. Yeah. Just the yeah. same, um, same story. Never ending story right now.
0: So the the article, which link in the show notes, like, hey, um, three factors influencing mortgage rates today, inflation, and that inflation has to not just stay, where, stay low for a month or two, but the Federal Reserve wants to see inflation stay low for a prolonged period of time. Because just like you're seeing with the stock market right now, it's like, hey, we're going to pause and off like a rocket, like everything that was down is now up by 30, 40, 100%. And so you can't just get inflation to cool for a for a month because then when you change the circumstances, it's just gonna take off again. So that it has to be uh, done for a while. You got um, prepayment risk is another reason why rates are staying high. Um, so that spread between the 10-year treasury, uh, uh, treasury yields. So you can go through that thing and understand more about all the things I just said If if you're thinking I went through that quickly. But to me, the more important conversation is what do you think is gonna happen when rates go lower? And if your theory is that the lack of existing home supply, which by the way has been a good thing for house prices, just like it's been a good thing for builders, it's bad thing for volume, good thing for pricing strength. Do we want you know, 700, 800,000 existing homes to hit the market over a 60 day period and change the dynamic? Do we want costs of construction to go back up? Do mm-hmm. we want construction speed to slow back down? I just don't, I yeah. don't know.
2: Yeah. It feels almost like a catch-22 at this point, right? Like you, you want the rates to improve so the people that are like really wanting to buy and can't will finally be able to, but, but if, then-
0: I mean, we have multiple builders who are running- interest rate incentives at four point I mean three point nine nine, four and a half, four point eight seven five. four and a half 4.875 yeah. so you, you're already able to offer that true what's going to go away is your incentive it's that and that that's a differentiator right now to existing
2: yeah so I, I
0: don't and know
1: I feel like Mike and Jen and the team have been talking to osc's more about um those realtor relationships I think Marketers need to think about that too. How can we educate our realtors and get a touch to them to show them really how we can help? Because we can, because we have the inventory, we have the interest rate buy downs. Um, do do your realtors know everything you can do for them if if that's part of your business? I know some people don't want the realtor deals, but if that's part of your business, I feel like they aren't some of them aren't fully educated on everything we can offer.
0: Yeah. And even that, like we have the inventory. But again, there's a few, not very many, but just a couple of markets in the country where there is more inventory at certain price bands than than consumer demand exists even now with Mm -hmm. that lack of supply. So like overall, you continue to hear the narrative of we're under supplied of houses, but I still would say we're undersupplied in affordable houses. Mm -hmm. And that supply can be available way faster By becoming available in the used home market than in the new home market, like next week you could get a huge supply of additional homes of a certain price band if rates went down and people thought there was an opportunity to to move. But it's also just not good again for just the continued inflation of of house prices generally. Good for people who own homes, really bad for everyone else. In long term, again, politically, culturally for the country, bad when. Uh, you know, when the majority of younger generations believe they'll never have an opportunity to lit, to own a home, that's not good politically, economically, stability, and nothing good for, for, for the country in that sense. So, again, careful what you wish for. If you're able to, as a builder now, offer lower interest rates and have it be a differentiator. Um, you, I don't know if you're really excited about tremendously lower rates.
2: Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. like that expectation that's not been set won't go away. They'll just be like, okay, well, what is it now?
0: Yeah. I would say, especially like, uh, you really don't want that to happen in October, November, or December of this year. Mm-hmm. If anything, you'd be like, please, let's just kind of keep things more or less as they are until the next spring market. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next up from fortune.com lance lambert my twitter buddy uh, wrote this article that says a fight erupts in u.s housing in the u.s housing market as deteriorated affordability clashes with the lock-in effect Um, again link in the link in the show notes but this one um, might have a um, inability for you to read the article they do this thing at fortune sometimes where they make an article um read it you can read it and then they lock it up behind like a dollar paywall uh, the mm-hmm. next day so um here, here's from the here's from the show notes on one side deteriorated affordability resulting from a spike in mortgage rates from three to six percent last year just after national home prices surged by more than 40 percent during the pandemic housing boom is exerting downward pressure on home prices so that's one side is rates high putting pressure, but on the other side, the scarcity of existing inventory exacerbated by the lock-in effect of low rates, as many homeowners are reluctant to sell and buy, fearing the trade-off from a two or 3% mortgage to six or seven is exerting upward pressure on home prices. And so these two competing forces, but for now, and according to Zillow and everyone else for the foreseeable future, there's more upside pressure on home prices than downside pressure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting way to frame it. This was kind of a fresh take on the same idea. So just that little line. So who will win out? Will strained affordability, see national home prices drift lower, or will lack of existing inventory drive national prices higher? So I just, yeah, it's an interesting illustration of how they're like two opposing forces happening at the same same time. So it's worth the read, I think.
0: Yep. All right, last one. I'm pulling back from a internal uh, thread conversation. This is from yankodesign.com. The threads app is filled with deceptive dark design patterns and we spotted more than 10, we won't go through all 10, but dark design patterns are basically intentionally difficult, um, UI or lack of explanation or clarity around a choice. They're asking you to make until it's too late. So it's like, um, I think they call it dark design, Beth, because of Star Wars, right? Like the dark side and the light side. Yeah. Like you can have good design that makes things clear and understandable, and then dark design, which kind of intentionally confuses things. And so we're just going to talk about a couple of these. Also in, in the mind of <clears throat> interactivity on threads is almost non-existent. Like I, I don't think I've logged in in three days and I have two alerts. Let's see who they're from live um oh okay olivia and olivia followed me and robert um from smart touch followed me
2: great i probably have zero
0: olivia i enjoy the uh, i'm glad we're connected now (laughs) but you know uh we were already connected well actually we weren't because of uh, number one so in order to make your threads account you have to log in through instagram The Threads app doesn't let you create an account without having an Instagram account. It does so to make the transition for Instagram users incredibly easy. But in doing so, it also ensures that people need to have both Instagram and Threads accounts active at all times. Because what do all these uh, platforms report on? Daily active users, monthly active users. So the fact that you have to have them both because there's no Threads without Instagram. So if you give up your Instagram for any particular reason, you're Mm -hmm. in a tough spot. Yeah. And then number two, even though it makes it easy to get on, the Threads app does something notorious to ensure users don't leave. If at any point in time you feel the need to delete your Threads app, it means you'll have to delete your Instagram one too. Sounds bizarre, right? While the settings panel in the Threads app mentions that deleting your account will apply to both Threads and Instagram, taking the ability to selectively delete your account right out of your hands, which is why from the beginning, there's like a take a pause or temporarily suspend your Threads account, but you can't turn it off because that would be bad reporting of how this is working or not working. Also, um, there's, uh, again, I think 10 of them that they're gonna go through here in this article. It's a really fascinating read. Also just, you know, when you're seeing someone doing something nefarious, you also have an opportunity to use that for good uh, if you can understand why it's working. So go back to 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 the link in the notes to read the whole article. It's really fascinating, but threads is it it's it's this fascinating thing almost like movie premieres where they used to be like a movie would come out to theaters and it would be number one at the box office for months and it's almost like the release of this thing went so parabolic so fast Mm -hmm. and then it's come down like equally fast and that just seems like the way the world works more or less
2: yeah. yeah, unless you're Spider-Man No Way From
0: Home. <laughs> unless you're unless you're one of Beth's favorite movies. But I, <laughs> I also I also think that's interesting um, to to understand in terms of uh, launching neighborhoods and and phases. Yeah, where you do not have the patience to be able to say, well, we have so many people on the list. We'll have to just do what we can and reach people over a couple of weeks or a couple of days even. Mm -hmm. There is this, again, sense of like, you've got to take action when you have that attention because that attention is moving on like quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah.
2: And And I think there's also like a message there that can be turned positive, where if you don't have this big, huge release, you can still get momentum and actually sustain better than this huge, big release that just plummets after the fact.
0: I think you're right. depends on the scenario. Uh-huh. But I think I think what I would, the way I'd parse that a little bit differently is uh, we we used to sell like 27, 28 homes in a day at Heartland back in 08, 09. And they were like, oh shoot, we can only start two or three a month. And so it was great. It was all good and positive, but the sales team was like, okay, so now I got to tell someone, if you sign today, we can start your home in seven months. That's not... And again, a lot of you listening have experienced that same phenomenon over the last couple of years. Whereas um, being able to be maybe two months of starts sold in that first week, but then it kind of keeps you closer to understand what's really happening in the market. Mm-hmm. But I think if you took a poll and said, so would you rather sell 26 homes <laughs> in a day versus two a month for you know whatever, I, th- I think most builders would still i don't people.
2: know remember when we had that yeah, incident where we sold 200 in a weekend <laughs>
0: yeah was it uh, yeah i do remember that yeah accidentally <laughs> sold 100 homes more than you wanted to or something that yeah something like ridiculous yeah all right threads, current favorites threads didn't
1: make it in the book
0: no threads Th- the is book, not in the, the, book the, content was, the
1: book yeah the book was already done before threads came out. we don't Twitter know if in the it's, book? what's
0: that is twitter's not in there is it either is it i, I don't, don't know remember. i mean there's
1: a social media section yeah um, that talks about social media so i'm not i can't remember exactly threads
2: hasn't earned its spot yet all right True. it needs no, it to really figure out itself a little bit okay
0: they, they did finally do their first big product update but again not much change i mean uh, some someone i think i heard scott galloway cool. say this he said um threads biggest feature is that it isn't twitter and while that's cool uh, for mm-hmm. the people who really don't like twitter or elon musk it's not a reason yeah, yeah. It, what's the benefit really. it's a reason to not use the other thing
2: i mean that's it goes back we said it on last week's podcast but it hasn't figured out its personality it's differentiator and it's the same thing with like homes.com how is it going to differentiate itself what kind of personality is it going to have in order to get that following so we're just well, actually I'll, I'll
0: tell i'll tell you what they say they're it's going to be and we can we can end with this and then go to favorites um is that the differentiation is going to be that when you reach out for more information that that lead is going to go to the listing agent, the person who, in theory, knows the most about that home. So part of the negative feedback there an experience they're saying is that when you reach out another syndication platform, who knows who is going to respond to you and they may have nothing about that house. Mm-hmm. They're just an expert in real estate and they'll learn about that house, but they don't know the answer and they're not maybe able to best get you information on that particular home. So that's what they think is gonna be the differentiator. And they're trying to woo the the realtor and brokerage community by saying your listing is your lead. You don't have to worry about your leads going anywhere else. It's your listing, you get the leads. Hmm. But I don't know if that's compelling enough of a message for the consumer. It has to be better website app experience, more or differentiated content which again, homes.com is saying, they're really gonna go after community and neighborhood level content in a way that they don't think other anyone else has.
2: I mean, I guess it depends who delivers the message. If it's Ryan Reynolds, maybe it will work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, okay, favorites. Uh, Julie, what do you got?
1: Um. Well, two real quick. One is the fact that we painted our house like a month or two ago. They taped over my doorbell and painted it with blue tape and then painted it. And so now people don't know it's there and it's the best thing of my whole life.
0: (laughs) So you should
1: all go secretly cover your doorbell and paint it the same color as your house. And nobody will ever ring your doorbell again. It's wonderful. Um, But my real one is um, prime day. I bought a sound machine. I've always slept with a fan. It died. I tried another fan. It wasn't loud enough. So I finally broke down and got me a sound machine that's small enough to travel with. I'm old. I just have to have like white noise kids all and super sound dark. And so it's life-changing. Oh,
2: I, <laughs> I might need it. to buy that for Mike. So send me, shoot me the link. Okay. It wasn't expensive.
0: Yeah. I, I'll never forget. Uh, it was Avery. My oldest was, I think eight or nine years old when she taught me that there are different colors beyond white. Like everyone knows white noise. Oh, brown noise? Like, oh, Dad, no, I, brown is way better than white. I was like, Brown, did you just make that up? She's like, No, there's brown, purple, green. I was like, <laughs> What? And it all, it's all, it's all under the category of white, which I guess makes sense, like in a prism sense of anyway, but now we're getting deep. <laughs> I can go deep on anything you want to go deep on. Any topic, I'm here for it. All right, Beth, how about you? Favorites.
2: Um, it's funny because Kevin, we might not always agree on things, but we tend to somehow be in sync. So, my my favorite was my stone guy and it's very similar to your story with the pest control guy, except I'm on the Melanie side. Mm. Um, I just, the guy who does our did our countertops for our house. We just met with him yesterday and he was my favorite vendor when I first came out here and met with vendors for our home. Um, so when it was time to like finish our selections on our countertops, I was like, Mike, you need to meet him in person. He is lovely and you'll just enjoy it. And so we met with him yesterday and he came prepared. So he not only was he like this awesome southern, lovely human being, and you know, it was just joyful to talk to him, but he also came with a huge, um, container full of samples for us to take with us and put in our house and decide which one we liked. And he narrowed them down, did the work for us, picked like out exactly the ones that he felt that we would like best for our home, picked his favorite, but then like found variations of it because in his words, it's not his house. He doesn't want to force it on us. He's just here to do his recommendations and all this stuff. And it was just lovely. And lo and behold, we took the samples to the house. We picked his favorite too. There you go. He was just amazing. And it was just a good example of like great customer service, service, preparation, being a good human and how far that can really go in a process.
0: Yeah. Mine is mine. My favorite is still this amazing salesperson, or I guess just dedicated to all truly great salespeople. And it's true of great production people. There's there's folks that I've worked with in my career, where you just get this feeling of like you're in the presence of someone who is just freaking good at what they do, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what it is in the in in the business. You, great land guy, great operations person, great COO, but great salespeople are what we need now more than more than ever. And again, I'll just close with the pest control story. So we wake up this morning, and Melanie does the Google reviews of the company, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I've been—it's a sham, right? Like, like any company, they've got good reviews, they got bad reviews. No one likes high-pressure sales tactics, and so a lot of the reviews are just about their sales process, not the product. But she's like, "Oh, I messed up. I shouldn't have bought that thing." I go, "Yeah, because." like you can't control the earth. Uh like and and so she's like okay, well what do I do? I go I don't know. Whatever you want to do. She's like but I like that guy so much and like I felt bad for him. He's this kid trying to make money and he's really doing a good job. I go okay, then don't cancel it. She's like but the reviews are bad. I'm like okay, then cancel it. So she's like well, I have 3 days to decide and they're come they're supposed to come today. So she cancels it. And then the sales rep texts and pretends like he doesn't know that it's canceled. And he's like, hey, my guy's coming to pick up the materials at the office, and he's heading your way next. And she's like, what do I do? Folks, we still have the service. (laughs) They've come here and performed it. Uh, It was $89 as the introductory price. If we canceled the contract she already signed, after three days, it's going to cost us $310 for that initial application. But I'm just telling you, like she couldn't bring it upon herself to call the salesperson and say, I changed my mind. <laughs> and this is the lady who would happily go back in to a fast food restaurant and say, you forgot my pickle. I need a new sandwich. So we're, I'm just saying like great salespeople, great production people. Like if you, you should be, you should be investing in relationships with those people in your organization that are like that. Cause there's always something you can learn.
2: Amen. And I love me some
0: Melanie. No, yeah, I keep forgetting you. have See, I try to keep separation of church and state as much as possible. People have asked to meet Melanie. People have asked for like, give us a tour of your home. I saw Elena Money did that and God bless her. I'm never giving anyone a tour of my house. I just, I like, I just don't want, I want, you know, the a little bit of privacy where I can get it. So, oh, but yeah, Beth was just like, I'm coming. Give me, give me your address.
2: I just invited myself and I brought some <laughs> Culver's and some milkshake. It was great. That's it was great.
0: It was awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. That'll do it for this week. I will see you in two weeks. Have uh, fun. As you listen to this, I am probably staring at Mount Everest. Awesome. We'll see you next time.
1: Have a good trip. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers, become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.duconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.